something to praise you while I'm around. Where did you get such a title, Pastor? Well, thank you for asking. It was at camp meeting last week. A young man brought his guitar to the platform just before I was to preach. And before singing, he said, God gave me this song. And he gave the title of the song. Guess what the title was? No stone's going to praise you while I'm around. And I thought, wow, that would make a great sermon. And I jotted down the title of his song, and I enjoyed the song. He did a good job with it. Uh, it was a wordy kind of a song. It wasn't the kind I could sing back to you because it was really his experience, and there were several verses to it, and, and I don't think there was a chorus. It was all kind of a testimony of what he had gone through, but I did get the title, and I'll never forget it. No stone's going to praise you while I'm around. And then I thought, where's the scripture on that? Oh, yes, I remember. Jesus was coming down the Mount of Olives on that great Palm Sunday, and the people were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, and the Pharisees, always critical, always sitting in the back rows, they wouldn't enter into anything that was spontaneous and from the heart. They said, Lord, don't let these people do this. It's emotional. It's fanatical. It's radical. And Jesus said, if these do not praise me, then these stones will immediately cry out. No stone's going to praise you while I'm around. I'm not going to let any rock get the blessing that I can receive. I'm going to praise you, Lord, under all the circumstances. I'm going to praise you. Ladies and gentlemen, today begins a series of messages on the subject of worship. I'm going to preach on worship throughout the month of August. And I want you to be here to hear every sermon because if there is anything our church needs, it's to continue to grow in worship. For I believe there is victory in worship, true worship, that cannot be found in anything else. I believe there can be all kinds of healing take place when we truly know how to worship God. This is no time to sit with your head in your hands, bemoaning your fate. This is the time to lift up your eyes under the hills from whence cometh your help, for your help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And along with the passage in Luke 19, 37 through 40, you might want to keep your finger in the Psalms because that's our great praise book, our worship book. 
And David was a man after God's own heart because he was a great worshiper. He knew how to praise the Lord. Ever since coming to Sacramento, I've been trying to instruct you in the ways of worship, and it's time again to give some lengthy instruction on how to worship. Next Sunday, worship my love response to God. What about some of the acts of worship, raising hands, clapping hands, laughter, etc.? Is it scriptural? Should we do this today? We'll talk about that next week. Psalm 9, verse 1, verse 2, verse 11, from the Living Bible. Psalm 9. O Lord, I will praise you with all my heart and tell everyone about the marvelous things you do. I will be glad, yes, filled with joy because of you. I will sing your praises, O Lord God, above all gods. O sing out your praises to the God who lives in Jerusalem. Tell the world about his unforgettable deeds. Isn't that beautiful? Marvelous words from the pen and from the heart of the psalmist. And then Psalm number 100 is that great psalm of gladness and thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and Bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Friends, there is on my library shelf the Knave's Topical Bible. If you want to get an excellent volume, get the Naves Topical Bible, N-A-V-E apostrophe S, Naves. It gives you all the themes of Scripture topically. So if you were to look up the subject of praise under P, in the Naves Topical Bible, you would find all of the Scriptures on praise. Guess what? When I opened my Knave's Topical Bible, I found seven solid pages of verses on praise. I mean just one verse after another. One after another, seven solid pages on praise. Have you ever scanned the Psalms just to see how many psalms begin with praise ye the Lord or oh give thanks unto the Lord? Do it sometime. It's interesting. Oh give thanks unto the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Why? Because if we don't, the stones will. And God wants us to get the blessing of it. Because there's healing in it. I also have on my library shelf Roxanne Brandt's lovely book called Ministering to the Lord. 
In reading Roxanne's book, I came across the story of the elderly lady who made an appointment to see President Lincoln when he was in office. As she entered his office, the president arose, asked the lady to be seated, and inquired, How can I be of service to you, madam? The little lady said, Mr. President, I know you are a busy man, and I have not come to ask you for anything. I simply came to bring you this box of cookies, for I heard that you enjoy them so much. There was a period of silence that followed. Tears overflowed the eyes of the President of the United States. When finally he raised his head and said, Madam, I thank you for your thoughtful gift, and I am greatly moved by it, for since I have been president of this country, thousands of people have come into this office asking for favors and demanding things from me. Then he said, you are the first person who has ever entered these premises asking no favor and indeed bringing a gift for me. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I wonder if God isn't in the same position so often. How we come almost roughly at times into his presence, saying, God, get me out of this. If you don't save me, I'm done. We never acknowledge who he is. We do not ask for permission to come in. We just, boom, there we are, demanding, beating the table, saying, God, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to. I wonder if God isn't like the president, who when a congregation learns how to come into his presence with thanksgiving and to enter his courts with praise, doesn't rise from his throne with tears streaming down his cheek, saying, indeed, Indeed, how wonderful. Oh, weak people have been bombarding me, asking for this favor and demanding this and that. But here is a body of people who just come to praise me. Can you not imagine him taking note of such a body of people as that? Who know how to come into his presence and who have learned court etiquette. I am convinced that praise is one of the, the greatest secrets to a powerful life and a growing church. When Jesus went to Nazareth and visited the synagogue, he read from Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2. Luke chapter 4 is where you'll find the account, but he read this from Isaiah in the synagogue that day, 
The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book, Luke said, and sat down. But when you look back to Isaiah 61, where he took the quotation, after preaching the good tidings, binding up the brokenhearted and proclaiming liberty to the captives, the prophet Isaiah sees this group that he has mentioned, the brokenhearted, the blind, and so on, he sees them in Zion. What do they now possess? Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, records these words. This pathetic-looking group that he came to minister unto now possesses beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now the question I have to ask is why? For what purpose were they given beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? And Isaiah gives us the answer. Here, listen to it that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. There's the reasoning. If I may paraphrase it, that we might be rooted and grounded in God, and like a tree whose roots are deep to be able to stand in any storm, in any trial, in any circumstance of light, and that God might be glorified through everything that comes along. Hallelujah. Pilate said, as he evaluated Jesus, I find no fault in him. But Pilate was void of spiritual light. You see, he did not praise him as Lord. Churches can be like that. People can be like that. It is possible for us to sit here today and say, I find no fault in this man. He is indeed a prophet. He is indeed a teacher. He is indeed a mighty man. But... Be no different in life. Have no change because we have not entered into the most important ingredient I have ever discovered in the scriptures as a necessity to life and the planting of life as a tree of righteousness. Worship or praise unto God. Pilate never brought himself to praising him as the Lord that he said he was. So, John 7, 38 brings us 
the important truth from the lips of Jesus. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly or out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of water. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said. Now, friends, some of you have come out of other groups that do not worship the Lord as we love to worship the Lord at Capital Christian Center. Now, I am not finding fault with other groups. I just want to make this statement, and I've made it before from this pulpit. It is not Pentecostal to praise the Lord. It is Bible. If we are going to be obedient to the Scripture, out of our innermost being there must flow a river of living water. We cannot survive on last Sunday's worship. It's impossible. We will get stagnant. There will come a miasma, a vapor that is deadly and poison, like a stagnant pond. But if today and every time we have this glorious opportunity to come together, we open our hearts and, yes, our mouths, and out of right down in here, we give praise and thanksgiving to God. Do you know what this church will experience? It will experience healing. It will experience victory. It will experience conversion. It will experience deliverances. It will experience constant light and the constant flow of God's Holy Spirit through the families and the members and the adherents of this church. It will reach out to this community because it's only right to praise the Lord who gave us this life and has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. It is Bible. It is the normal Christian life. Just as it is normal for a child to come and say, Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom. I love you. What would you think of a child who never said thank you? Who never said, I love you. When I was in Canada a week ago, I called the office one day, checking out a few things before hanging up. My son Randy came on the line. We chatted for a few moments. I had to check up to see how Caleb was doing, of course. And before... We hung up the phone, Randy said, and, Dad, I love you. And I said, I love you too, son. Now, my son is 26 years of age. But he's still, still telling Dad he loves me. 
And I'm still telling him I love him. Now, to me, that's normal. That ought not to even have to be said from this pulpit. That's normal, but you know there are not all that many normal people around these days, I'm finding out. It's kind of like the Scandinavian I heard about the other day who loved his wife so much he almost told her. Now, bless all you Scandahoovians, I love you. And it could be just as well a German or anybody else. But the point is this, isn't it, that there's not enough expression. And what happens in a family where there's no expression? What happens in a marriage where there's no expression? My wife came to me last night. I was about to fall off to sleep, and she was fixing a salad and, you know, those last-minute details. I hate that stuff. I get out of there. She's busy running around that kitchen, stirring up this and throwing in this and flopping around this. And She came back and knelt down by the bed by my ear and said, uh, Can I just tell you one more thing? I said, oh, no, what did she forget? Some problem, some phone call. Wasn't that at all. Guess what? <laughs> she just wanted me to know I was the neatest person in the world. Isn't that nice? Now... Why isn't it that way with us? And the one who has done more for us than anyone could ever do, our wonderful Lord, why is it so strange that we would want to raise our hands and open our mouths and give expression to God? Why is it that we stand sometimes so stoically so hard when it is time to worship him who said, if you believe on me, as the scripture has said, the most natural thing will be that out of your innermost being there will flow a river of living water. You see, the level of our worship challenges us to check up on our spiritual life. For indeed, our spiritual life can be judged by the level of our worship. Now, let me just point out a couple of things in these moments that we have left this morning as I give you this basic introduction to why we worship, and that if we don't, the stones, or if you want to say it, these flowers, or this altar, or this carpet, or this chair, would cry out, because God will be worshipped. He's just designed that you and I do it, rather than these inanimate objects. And no one's going to say that this altar will have to do it, or this projector will have to do it. While I'm around, I'm going to do it because I know what happens when I do it, feel like it or not. 
we sang, I will praise him a little bit ago. Just take that first word, I. The holy privilege of approaching God myself. Boy, that's enough right there to just stop me dead in my tracks. Glenn Cole can approach God himself. Psalm 19, 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and I say, If the heavens declare His glory, why shouldn't I? The prodigal son came to himself, Luke 15 says, And he said in the pig pen, I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father! I was reading that the other day, and it occurred to me what he said. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father. Now that's exactly what's happening today. I arose early this morning. I have come to this house of worship. And I am now saying, Father, what a privilege that I could come and do that myself. If the heavens are declaring his glory, Glenn Cole ought to be declaring his glory too because Glenn Cole is a nobody. Glenn Cole came from a family that was poor and in need, but a family that knew God, a family that learned how to worship God. And we have chosen that as a life's habit. And I never want to get away from this awesome feeling that I can praise Him as unworthy as I am as sinful as I am, that if I don't, the rocks will. I have chosen to take that position before God. I will praise Him. The Pharisees couldn't stand that because they were cold. They were stiff. They were starchy. They couldn't enter in because of their starchy spirits. And they said, Master, rebuke thy disciples. What were they afraid of? That Jesus would get proud? Certainly not. What were they afraid of? Were they afraid of fanaticism? Well, I don't know who said it, but it's a lot easier to calm down a fanatic than it is to raise up a corpse. I have found that true. What were they worried about when they said, Master, rebuke thy disciples? What was our Lord's response? The same as it would be if he were to speak to this congregation today. He said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones 
would immediately cry out. Oh, the thrill that I can praise Him. That I can know Him. That I can experience the energizing power of response to this loving, merciful, almighty God. I can praise Him and I will. Let's look at that second word from the song, if we have a moment. Will. I will. Now, if you want my opinion, here's where we must zero in, where most of us live. Have you ever read Psalm 103 and had the feeling that David acquired the bad habit of talking to himself? In that psalm, he says... Bless the Lord, O my soul. He sees talking to his soul. And all that is within me. Now, that's kind of strange in a way, isn't it? If you were to go around and you would hear this fellow talking all the time. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. David required the habit or acquired the habit of talking to himself. Why? You move to the next chapter, Psalm 104, verse 1. Guess how it begins. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Still doing. The ninth psalm that we began with today says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show thee all thy marvelous works. Psalm 34, 1 reads, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The point is this. Are you ready? David chose to praise the Lord. I will. He said again and again, I will praise the Lord. Now, folk, when I walk onto this platform, I have to choose to praise the Lord. I will. I will lift up my hands in his sanctuary and praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I Will. Are you getting the point? There are times after six days of dealing with problems, finances, staff, people, city engineers, etc., 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 it is not always so natural to come up here and praise the Lord. But I will. I have made that my choice. And every time I do it, I am healed. I am released. There comes life. There comes fervor. There comes wholeness. There comes newness. I will. And I don't care what you think about me. I need it just as much as the next person. 
so Glencoe has determined to do it. I will. It is my will to praise him, no matter how I feel. Do you suppose David ever had a low point? <laughs> you read the Psalms, you'll find out. His enemies surrounded him. I get so tired of reading about his enemies. Saul was chasing him. His son ran a campaign against him. Another son, son hung from a limb of a tree with darts in his heart. Beautiful son by the name of Absalom, yet David praised his Lord. Yeah, you've said, oh, David knew what I had to go through. Listen, you had a son, son hang from a limb with darts in his heart. Have you had a son raise an insurrection against you? Have you had a king running after you till you had to hide in the caves of the earth? David did, and yet he said, I will praise thee. I will bless the Lord at all times. He made it his choice. What about Joseph? He had a right to be bitter. You've come in today and you're sitting there feeling sorry for yourself. If Pastor Cole only understood me, how bitter a pill life has given to me. I want to sympathize with you, but again, I'd like to shake you out of your seat. <laughs> Joseph had a right to be bitter. His brothers meant it for evil. But he said, God meant it for good. Now, the New Testament hadn't even been written yet, but Joseph knew about Romans 8:28. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord. All things. You meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Joseph said, I'm going to praise the Lord. Whether I'm in the prison or in the palace, I'm going to praise the Lord. And he did, and God put him on the throne and made him one of the great men of history. Now, I know some preachers who find a release by going out and hitting a golf ball and pretending it's Deacon Jones. Honestly, they put the ball down. Hi, Deacon. Get number one club out. And they see that golf ball as Deacon Jones. They're letting out their frustrations now. And what? Deacon Jones goes flying down the fairway. <laughs> There is a better way, and it's the way I'm talking to you about this morning. I find it in praising the Lord. I find it in worship. I will praise the Lord. A magazine came across my desk. These words were in it. Something happens when your spirit tastes the freedom and elevation available through praising God. In a matter of moments, without agony or hours of praying through, you discover that like John described in Revelation, you can enter God's throne room. I said, Amen. Hallelujah. With a holy resolution, the psalmist begins his ninth hymn. I will praise thee, O Lord, 
It sometimes needs all our determination to face the foe and bless the Lord. Whoever else may be silent and sullen, we will bless his name. As the evil spirit of Saul yielded to the influence of David's harp, so will it be again today. Oh, my friends, take up the song of praise. No stone's going to praise you while I'm around. I will. Will you? Let's bow in prayer. Father, there is much more to be said, but we feel your spirit just saying that's sufficient for this morning. Come now to this body assembled in worship and let there come from within them that springing forth that Jesus talked about on the great day of the feast. May it arise as a sweet smell in your nostrils today. Hallelujah. I, just think of it, I can praise you. I have been given that high privilege. And I will praise you. For if I do not, the very stones will cry out. Now, Father, minister healing to every person in this body today. May there come that wonderful touch from above that liberates and sets free, that gives life. Hallelujah! 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 Now, while our heads are bowed and before we all stand to respond to this message, I want to ask how many of you have come to church today in need of Christ as your Savior. You haven't worshipped him because you haven't really loved him. But, oh, you can love him. He's so lovable. He's so wonderful. He died for your sins. He rose again for your justification. And you can know him on a personal basis. Will you receive him today by a simple act of your faith, your will? You will raise your hand in a moment and say, Pastor Cole, I would appreciate you praying with me that Christ will come into my life and be the Savior of my life. I know he died for me. I need two births. I need physical birth, which I've had at a certain day, a certain year, but I also need a spiritual birth, and I want this to be my birthday in Christ. As Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Would you be born again today? Take Christ by faith. I'd like to pray for you. If you'll raise your hand right now, I will. Lift it up so I can see it. Hold it there, and then you may put it down. Thank you back there under the balcony. Thank you right here, son. Thank you, sir. Thank you here, buddy. God bless you. Thank you over here on the aisle, sir. I see your hand. Thank you back over in this section to my left. Yes, over there, far left. Down this aisle. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Thank you back here, ma'am, in this section. Thank you right over here, sir, to my right. Thank you over here, sir, on the aisle, way over. And thank you, sir, back here. 
God bless you. Back there, ma'am. God bless you. I see your hand. Up in the balcony, I see a hand up there in that section. God bless you. Others, raise them up. Let me see them. Yes, back under the balcony. Thank you back there. God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. God loves you. Are there others before we pray? Thank you up there, buddy. God bless you way up there in the balcony. Praise the Lord. Oh, this is marvelous. Jesus, thank you for your presence that fills this room, and I do pray for these dear people. You love them as much as you love Billy Graham or the Pope in Rome or any of us here. You love us all the same. And so come to them now in that, that realization. May they confess their sin and receive the Christ who died that they might live. May they know that today they passed from death unto life and truly came into spiritual experience. That they might live a profitable and abundant life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Help us now with our worship that it may glorify you and edify us. Amen. Please stand with me reverently. No one leaving yet. Just hold steady for a moment. We sang earlier in this service, Lord, you have created us as instruments of worship. I want us to sing it again. And while we sing it, I would like for those of you who raised your hand to come down where my staff will be here at the front and say by coming, I'm going to receive Christ today publicly. You know, everyone Jesus called, he called publicly. He said, come, follow me. I have a tape that I've made for you and a booklet from Dr. Billy Graham I want to put in your hand, and we'll never give it to you unless you come while we worship together. Take a staff member by the hand and say, I really mean it. I'm going to follow Jesus the rest of my life. Get the help that is available. God bless you as you do it. We're all praying for you and encouraging you in the Lord. The rest of us are going to worship. Now, I hope you've learned something this morning about worship. We're going to learn a lot more before we're through. But I...